1: Greetings, welcome back to One True Pod, the Athletics Big 12 football podcast currently. Uh, I'm Jason Kersey, joined as always by Max Olson and Sam Kahn, who you guys have been crushing this news the last couple weeks. Very proud to work with both of you. Um, And you guys got to spend... All day yesterday watching a Texas legislative hearing that was probably way more exciting than most of those things are. Um, Max broke some major news this morning. We'll get into both those things. We're going to answer some listener questions. But first, a quick housekeeping note. This will be the last episode of One True Pod in this feed. Uh, next week, we're, going, we're being promoted to the Andy Staples Show and Friends feed. Uh, we'll publish there every Thursday. Uh, so if you aren't already subscribed to that feed, then please pause the pod right now and go do that. And then come back. We're not going anywhere, guys. How are we doing today?
2: Good. I hope they came. Did they come back? I hope they came back.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, they came back. I'm not worried about it.
2: All right. Thanks for coming back, guys. Uh, you know, we are uh, we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. We're surviving and thriving, Jason.
1: Sam,
3: how I'm, are you doing? I'm glad. I'm glad that the the rapid fire nature of realignment went nine days clearly we'll be dealing with this beyond those nine days, but I would just like to say thank you to Texas and Oklahoma for wrapping this up in a short fashion because if we were still doing Regents meetings and all that stuff right now, I think I'd be upset. But Oh, my God. But if uh, this
2: had been like a one-month process for the invitation to the SEC and all that, like, ugh.
3: I, I remember the last round of Please realignment, go. there was a lot of that, and so I, yeah. I am, I am yeah. grateful to the efficiency with which this round has uh, been conducted, so... Uh, I'm doing pretty well, all all things told.
1: Well, uh, guys, I think first we should, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of breeze through this a little bit, but I think we have to talk about the hearing in the Texas Senate yesterday. Um, my God, some bombs were thrown and you guys, uh, were, you know, got the, uh, the pleasure of watching that entire thing and writing a great recap of it. So I'm just going to let you guys take it from here. Um, what did you guys? Uh, I guess I'll. Start. You
2: know, let's let's just go hour by hour. You know, it's a, <laughs> by six and a half hours. Let's just sort of, let's just go. You know, just sort of a shot for shot remake here. Sam, what 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 stood out to you the most, Sam? Here, from first, from I'm gonna that exhausting process of of watching, um, you know, uh, some pretty high level grandstanding going on.
3: There was. Uh, here's what I will start with. My applause to Max for his exceptional screenshotting skills, which. <laughs> which are on full display. Go to theathletic.com and read our story about the Senate hearing and what went on, what Jay Hartzell said, what Bob Bowlesby said. There's a beautiful screenshot of from Max of Bob Bowlesby staring daggers into the back of Texas President Jay Hartzell's head. And that photo, I think, is going to be the lasting image of realignment in 2021. So I am very pleased with that. And I when I woke up this morning, I pulled up the story and I saw that it was actually on top of the story. I was I was very happy. So shout out to Eric single. For I,
2: that. I, I can, I can uh, honestly, you know how this guy, you you guys know how this is. Sometimes you, you take, take a screenshot or a picture like that. You put it out there and then you realize like, Oh, well, I wasn't putting it out there. Cause Bob Bullsby looks pissed. But I was just saying like, Oh, there he is in the background. But the more people <laughs> zoomed in on it, the, <laughs> the more it got out of, out of hand. Um, his, his BS meter was, was going off pretty, pretty strong yesterday when, when, uh, Uh, Texas president Jay Hartzell was, uh, you know, showed up to um, to take his uh, to take his tough questions from uh, this committee. That was, you know, I I know this was not, uh, you know, they were not under oath or anything necessarily, but it was interesting to hear two of the most important figures in this whole deal have to, you know, stand there for an hour plus and and answer answer questions and and hard questions about uh, how we got here.
3: I think we got some answers that maybe we wouldn't have been able to ourselves because Jay Hartzell or Bob Bowles may not feel compelled to tell us uh, all of this stuff and may be a little bit more cagey. But when you're in front of the Texas legislature, it's a little bit of a different deal. I think it was interesting to get the timeline a little bit more pinned down on how this happened. The fact that Jay Hartzell admitted to talking to OU President Joe Harris back in the fall as early as September after he was appointed as Texas full-time president. Uh, that was interesting to hear that and them discussing that and then to say, admit that he was the one who reached out to the SEC back in the spring, which I think that matches up with the timeline of the Big 12 reaching out to ESPN and Fox about the TV deal and basically being mm-hmm. rebuffed. Uh, yep. So it gives us a little bit of a picture of how and what timeline Texas used to make this decision to move the SEC. And I think that's pretty helpful in figuring out all of this and piecing it all together.
1: I think it's interesting that, Hartzell, uh, you know, says he talked to Sankey and now there's this question of, was that a violation of the big 12 bylaws? Like, I mean, that seems like one of those legal questions that a judge is going to have to sort out. I mean, I, I don't know if there's really a correct answer to that. Do you guys think there is a correct answer to that?
2: Yeah, there was definitely like, uh, Hartzell tried to answer that. And and definitely like, that's probably one of those moments where there's some eye rolling going on behind him from Bullsby because, um, you know, to him, to, to the Bowlsby and the Big Twelve and and the eight remaining members, uh, it's it's clear that their their belief is if a conference contacts you, um, that the the steps required in the bylaws in in, in section three point two is you have to notify Bullsby within twelve hours and you have to uh, reject that um, you know offer or approach or whatever from that conference. Um, and in mentioned he would have wanted that to be re- rejected publicly. So. Um. yeah, I, I Hartzell's take, what, what was it, Sam? Basically that, well, since I called them and the SEC didn't court me, we didn't think we were breaking the rules. That's right. There, that's which, right. Yeah, he
3: said, I'm not a lawyer when I read this, but yeah. the way he reads it, they didn't violate the bylaw because the SEC didn't approach them. The SEC didn't court Texas. It was Jay Hartzell who lobbed the first call, the first Zoom meeting with Greg Sankey. That's the way the, he put
2: it. This is all just, you know um, – Kindling for the bonfire of, of their, uh, divorce negotiations that'll, that will take place here. And, and, you know, what Texas and, and OU try to argue, I don't know. We'll see, you know, uh, I'm sure Bullsby's very interested to hear that, but, um, yeah, this stuff's going to get, <laughs> this stuff is going to get interesting. And, and I thought that, um, it was interesting to hear, for, hear more from, from Bullsby on, you know, how little he knew about this going on, um, you know, he certainly like he, he had to answer a lot of questions, too, about 2016 and, and about, you know, why did the Big 12, um, you know, not pursue expansion at that time and 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 grow their membership beyond 10? And and would that have helped, you know, anticipate the the potential future loss of Oklahoma and Texas? And uh, so he had to talk through that, as, as you saw quite a bit, Sam, that he had to answer for why isn't Houston in the Big 12? There's some folks on, on that committee who... Uh, are not happy about uh, the the other Texas schools uh, not being a part of this conference, um, but you know the thing that Bullsby said yesterday that that sort of tipped off the news that 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 uh, we put out today is you know there there is no timetable for expansion, but also he he seems to clearly feel that the Big Twelve needs to pursue uh, partnerships with other conferences. Whether that is a scheduling alliance or a merger, or, or uh, going to the TV partners together, or whatever, that they need to take that that step of, of exploring all of that first before they get into this idea of of adding, uh, you know, some group of five schools to the Big Twelve to try and uh, fill the massive hole that, that Oklahoma and Texas leave.
1: Um, again, we don't want to spend too much time on this. We do want to get to our reader questions, but I have to mention the exchange between Hartzell and state Senator Lois Kolkhorst is, do I, am I pronouncing that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Correct. Um, when she questioned him on their budget and then said that they don't have a winning football team and then sort of said, well, you're three and seven against TCU. Maybe you want to go three and seven <laughs> against Alabama or whatever it was that she said, like that was, uh, that was pretty, whew. that, that was one of the
3: things that I found fascinating about this whole thing was as, as Max, alluded to at the top was a lot of grandstanding. This was definitely a chance for uh, members of the Texas state Senate to point their bows and arrows at Jay Hartzell in Texas and get off their uh, jokes and insults and quips. Uh, Charles Perry, who represents Lubbock who's a Texas tech grad uh, said that, you know, you you should have made the big 12 better than it was. And you didn't. And so there was a lot of that going on. Certainly the
2: Mac roads one, uh, you know, Um, A lot of my colleagues around the country believe the University of Texas created the situation because they think so highly of themselves. My humble opinion, I completely disagree. I think it's because they felt too little of themselves. (laughs) The high-profile success of a neighboring conference has created in them an unwarranted insecurity that is metastasized and unfortunately so many of us bear the fallout is I
3: mean,
1: <laughs> it's so good.
2: They were, they were tossing some heat
1: yesterday. It's so good. It reminded me a little bit of, uh, you know, Max, I know you did Sam. I'm not sure. Did you watch Veep?
3: Uh, I have not
1: there. There's just do, Max. Do you remember when Dan is worried that he's going to have to go before a congressional hearing and his lawyer is telling him like, okay, it's going to be grandstanding. There's going to be this. And if they think they're going in for a kill, they're going to, I, I, it's a lot more vulgar than we probably can be on on this podcast, but he basically says everybody <laughs> wants the TV soundbite. And so he's telling him, you got to be careful cuz everybody wants the TV soundbite. And that's what it sounds like for happened sure. here yesterday. They were getting
3: for, off their shots, no doubt.
2: Oh, no, there, there was not. no like conclusion at the end where they're like, "Okay, well here's what we're going to do for these Texas schools to protect them in case the Big 12 dissolves or anything." The ending was just sort of like, "All right, well, you know, Thanks for coming. Maybe we'll talk more, you know. Like,
3: <laughs>
2: there's not really a bunch of whole whole lot of action off of that thing. Uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but but it was uh, certainly interesting to see the Texas politicians sort of uh, try to uh, to jump into the ring here and and try to exert I get you know some influence on this in the future here.
1: Well, very interesting, and and uh, Max again, real quick. We want to touch on your breaking news from this morning. Uh, great job uh, by you breaking this that uh, the big Thanks, t- that Bob Bulsbee is going to be meeting with the Pac twelve commissioner today to discuss possible scheduling alliance. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that before we move into the listener questions?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you know this is not. It doesn't mean some something's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next you know next month or next year on this stuff. I think this is a. Uh, you know uh, the big 12 uh, you know Bob Bolesby and, and, and the leadership of the big 12, they are exploring whatever they got to explore uh, to try and have some options here um, and to try to you know hold these eight schools together and uh, try to improve their their position financially uh, after OU and Texas leave, which you know certainly we know that even with the the, the, the big payouts that Texas and Oklahoma would have to make to get out of the big 12, uh, you're talking about the the loss of value of, of just the TV deal for this this conference is at least 50% and so uh, they got to find some way to, to, to f- fix that and it, it sure seems like exploring any partnership you can with a pac-12 league right now or, or excuse me with, 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 a, with a power five league right now it seems to to be an idea that that folks in the big12 are rallying around at least to explore um you know, even even to the point that, like, you know, does does West Virginia want to play games in the Pac-12? Not not ideally, no. Not that's not where they want to end up. Um, but they're not opposed to the, to exploring this because, um, you know, unless you've got an offer on the table from the you know the ACC, and they they don't right now, um, you can't <laughs> you can't be very picky. You've got to find something that's going to keep your Power Five stature and 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 hopefully get you to to a more secure place financially. So. You know, we'll see where it goes from here. These talks with with uh, Bob Bullsby and George Kliefkoff, Um, I think the Pac-12 is in an in interesting position here, where you know you've got a brand new commissioner who you know has a chance to make some moves here and, and try to forecast the landscape and, and do something creative. Um, whereas the Big Twelve is in a more tumultuous position, not desperate yet, but uh, but certainly trying to find something that's uh, that's going to work here. Can Can you guys uh, not to not to you know jump to conclusions too much, but what do you think of that idea just conceptually of let's say the Big 12 and the Pac-12 have a scheduling arrangement? um, And I don't know what exactly form that takes. Is that, you know, is that something that's hard to wrap your head around or is that just, Hey, sign of the times, like you got to do what you got to do.
3: Definitely. In my opinion, makes sense. I think you got to do something because these are the two vulnerable leagues. The, The Big 12, obviously the most vulnerable of the power five at this moment and the pack 12 is the next next most vulnerable so you got to do something and i think uh, this is like you said sign of the times as a creative uh, way of addressing the problem for them
0: looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 u.s based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it's crazy to think about, but I also would, you know, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have imagined, uh, Nebraska in the big 10 or, you know, Oklahoma and Texas in the sec. I mean, it's, this is a new world of college athletics. So I think everybody's going to have to get creative. Now, what I do want to know is, is if the scheduling, I mean, I'm sure we're talking about football here, but if you get into the other sports, you're right about West Virginia. Like, imagine if West Virginia soccer has to play like USC. I mean, that kind of stuff will be insane. I mean, to try to schedule and organize so well.
2: It, it also just il- illustrates the urgency to stay to stay in a Power Five league. That that like you know they they would do that if they have to. I think, and and, and especially if the ACC doesn't want them because um, these schools are are terrified of the the the, the threat of just massive budget cuts and layoffs and cutting sports and all that, that, that would come with, you know, having to move down to an AAC or Mountain West or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's now you would, you would hope if they're having some sort of merger or alliance that there's still kind of a clear, you know, East West split or whatever, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you could say, Oh, for West Virginia, this isn't that bad having to travel to Colorado or Utah or whatever compared to to Lubbock or, or Austin. But, um, that would be pretty wild if it actually came to that. Yeah,
3: Morgantown to Corvallis would be quite a road trip. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know what? If West Virginia fans went to Washington State, I bet I bet those folks would get along great and have a hell of a night.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, it'll be very interesting to monitor that uh, moving forward. Let's get into our uh, questions. We put out a. Uh, a mailbag solicitation, uh, to, to take some listener questions yesterday. We got a lot of great ones. Thanks to everyone who asked one. We're going to, we're going to go through a few of these. Um, and, uh, let's start with Alex from El Paso. Great city. I, I really, uh, really have enjoyed my time in El Paso underrated city, I think, but anyway, Max, what is that face? Come on. What's wrong with El Paso? I don't,
3: know, I've only been don't, to El Paso once. Don't have any El Paso slander on this pod, man. I got not El Paso slander.
2: I've been to El Paso once. I did a, when I was in high school, we did a mission trip to to Juarez uh, right before. Huh. It became a lot a lot less safe to do a mission trip to Juarez. And uh, I I, I have, can't say I've been to El Paso enough. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing out.
1: My first game on the OU beat was at UTEP, oddly enough. 2012, OU opened at UTEP. Pretty interesting. Hmm. Anyway, um, so Alex wants to know. He says hypothetically, if Iowa State wins the conference title game, does that change how other conferences see them, i.e., the Pac-12 and the Big Ten? Alternatively, if TCU makes that also makes the title game or wins it, does this push them forward to uh, to the list of teams of other conferences to grab after the collapse of the Big Twelve? Let's uh, Max, why don't you go first?
2: Well, so first of all, we wanted to take mailbag questions from from y'all because. You know, it, it 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 gets a little boring for us to just sit here and, and speculate about all these potential outcomes. So I, I appreciate you guys throwing throwing some stuff at us to see what makes sense. Um, like I, and I'm sure you guys have had this experience too. Like you know, you you talk with a lot of um like ads and administrators and stuff during this time about what what's coming. Um, but if you like talk to coaches, they're 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 a little bit less in the loop about what's going on in the Big Twelve, and so like a lot of them do sort of have that opinion of like. Just win, baby. Like if we're <laughs> if we're successful this fall, then maybe that's going to help. That's all we can. That's as as a football staff. That's all you can do to help your position is is try to be successful. Um, so, like, yeah, I mean, I, I could see that. I, I'm sure that uh, you know TCU going to a Rose Bowl was beneficial to their you know long term. Not not just the improvement of their school, but but uh, helping strengthen their position as being you know respected as a as a Power Five league and. I think if Iowa State wins a wins a Big Twelve title, or you know, wins a Big New Year Six Bowl again, like yeah, I think that would I would think that would be very well timed for, uh, you know, for for your your future there. Of course, the grant of rights still it doesn't mean you're going to go bounce to some some better conference uh, next year. You're still stuck with this through through 25. So um, I think it. I, I almost wonder, do you guys think you have to think of that more in terms of just a kind of a four year period here? Of like, hey, this is the time to to be really successful before this deal's
3: up? Yeah, I think it depends on how quick things move on this. It, is, are things going to move quickly because of the OU Texas move, or is it going to be a little bit more deliberate because they have till 2025 and the Big 12 is clearly going to do everything you can to keep OU in Texas? I, I think you mentioned the TCU Rose Bowl. I think that was pretty well timed for them before the Big 12, but it also came on the heels of extended success, and I think that's what puts these those programs, when you talk about on-field success, I think it has to be extended over time, and TCU had that, and that's what opened the door for them to get into Big 12, in addition to the fact that they were in a nice television market. Iowa State has had some really good success under Matt Campbell, but it's only been for a short time because Matt's only been there for a while. But it doesn't hurt. It does not hurt if you win a conference title, go into the Fiesta Bowl last year, and if they're able to win the Big 12 this year. It certainly helps. And if, if they can keep Matt Campbell, which it certainly doesn't seem like he's going anywhere, uh, I I think that helps them too because they've got a really good fan base. They've got a really good game day experience. It's a great college town. Uh, but ultimately, and
2: you've also got the, a chip that these other big 12 schools wish they had, which
3: is that AAU status. Right. Absolutely. But ultimately I think what realignment is about and they'll become a theme as we answer these questions is it these days it's about football inventory and what is good football inventory. TCU is pretty solid football inventory. Iowa state wasn't before, but maybe they are now. And I guess a lot of it depends on uh, how many how many viewers they attract. And we're not talking cable households like we were 10 years ago because it's that's not the world we're projecting. But still, eyeballs is what's important. And so uh, I think it helps, but I don't know. Iowa State winning the conference championship doesn't change their fortunes drastically. I don't think so. But if they were to go undefeated to make the playoffs, maybe that does.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. But, you know, I, I wonder – Texas hasn't, I mean, we've covered this a million times, but like, it's not like Texas has been tearing it up in the last 10 years, but they were still an extremely attractive option to the sec. Baylor has won the big 12 twice. They played for another conference championship. They have a Heisman trophy winner in the last 10 years, and they're not part of this at all. So I still think it's an uphill battle for some of those teams that don't have the money and don't have the brand. But, um, but it would certainly be interesting. I do think the AAU thing is, is certainly a leg up that they have. Um, Yeah. Okay, so let's go next to Mike. Mike G asks, uh, he wants to know if there's any truth to the buzz that Kansas and the Big Ten have mutual interest. If there's truth to that, why or why not? Sam, let's go to you first this time.
3: Yeah, I haven't heard anything substantive on that outside of the one report that came out a couple weeks back about Kansas reaching out to the Big Ten, but I have not heard anything that makes me believe that there's real legs to them going to the Big Ten or the Big Ten having real legitimate interest in them. Certainly the Big Ten is going to game out any of its options because it's going to want to keep itself in a position of strength relative to the SEC. So certainly I would imagine that Kevin Warren and, and the powers in, in the Big Ten are going to be eyeing the potential options, but I, I haven't heard anything to this point to suggest to me that Kansas the Big Ten is something that's real. Yeah, I, look,
2: I, I'm, I'm definitely not – I don't think any of us are in a position right now to say certain things are not going to happen, right? It's just, we got a long, long road ahead here. Uh, I I do think whatever like opinions exist presently among those other power five leagues about the value of big 12 schools. Like I I think we'll see how much things change here in the next few years that sort of affect that, that perception and and that need to make a move or not make a move. Um, I've heard that Kansas has been a little more aggressive in trying to find find a home, um, but you know I I don't want to give people false hope here either, and I think there's going to be a lot of that going around over the next few months. Is oh they've set up a call with this league and they're in talks with the, these folks and they're making big or, or mutual interest or whatever. Like this stuff's not going to happen fast, and 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 as Bob Bulsbee is. Uh, has repeatedly made clear the grant of rights is a big part of that, that unless this whole conference folds, um, you're not, you know, you're, you're not leaving, uh, until 25 without paying this massive penalty that maybe only Texas can afford to pay. Right. And so, um, I, I, I understand the urgency of trying to find that next home. If you think the big 12 is going to die. And, and certainly there's aspects of Kansas, um, that are, are, as we mentioned, the AAU part of it are really appealing, but, um, don't want to give people false hope on this stuff and say, "Yeah, the Big Ten serious about the about Kansas." Because I don't, I think right now, from what we've gathered, um, it doesn't seem like the Big Ten leadership is super sold on the value that these eight eight Big Twelve schools bring. Now, I'm not saying they can't be uh, swayed on that over time, but these things are just not going to happen fast.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously Kansas has basketball, which which is certainly an attractive uh, brand, but at the same time, this is these decisions are about football. I mean, they just are, and and uh, so so I don't know. Now we did see Kansas doing some pretty aggressive uh, uh, marketing of itself on Friday. What what do they have? A new uh, terminal in the airport coming twenty twenty three, I believe, is what that in Kansas City
3: in Kansas oh, City it, could,
1: it
2: can't come soon enough. That airport sucks. I mean, I. Was that the you Kansas know, City just,
1: airport? So they weren't talking about the Lawrence airport. No, I don't know it was why Kansas I thought they were City were talking airport. about the They're
2: talking, yeah, they're talking okay. about the KC airport eventually being upgraded. That reminds me of the. Uh, oh God, I got to look this up now because I want to get this right. I, th- I think um, I've only
1: been to the Kansas City airport once, and that was a long time ago, and I don't really remember anything about it. So I,
3: I remember my my one time at the Kansas City airport. I had to cover K State and TCU a few years ago, and I drove to Manhattan. And the game got delayed at kickoff for three hours because of lightning. And then I ended up driving back to the KC Airport that night in rain and dark and it was not a fun experience. I don't remember much about the airport. I just remember the No like, to be clear, back. like
2: Lincoln Airport sucks more. I'm not saying that, that it's the worst airport I've ever been to or anything like that. That's not the case. But this it reminds me of do you remember back in the the Briles years at Baylor Sam when um you know, Baylor they're hosting recruits on a visit and they put up a poster board Saying you know coming soon to Waco, Papa Doe, Papasitos, In and Out, Whole Foods, Potbelly, and it's like okay, hope yeah, hopefully, hopefully those things are coming soon. Uh, I don't hey, think all those things actually down. did come to Waco. They did. They got a. They fuego. Do have Fuego. They should have put Fuego on the board. But I I, I like that trying to uh, you know create this allure of what you have to offer on things that that are coming in a few years. I mean that's maybe maybe just maybe just you know. Don't, don't, you don't have to mention the airport. It's okay. You're not even that close. You know, there's other, other ways to, to tout what you got besides <laughs> that airport.
1: All right, let's uh, let's move next. We have a question from Patrick M. It's not Patrick Mahomes. I don't think, cause this question isn't about Texas tech, but um, he asks, uh, assume you are the czar of college football realignment and before you for judgment are the following TCU, Baylor, Kansas state, all other big 12 teams have found homes what would you decide regarding their conference membership? What criteria did you use? And what do you predict will happen to those programs in 10 years? So who wants to be the czar Jeez. first? Uh, I'll start.
3: The okay. I'll okay. start. Uh, if I'm the czar of college football realignment, Texas, WTCU, Baylor are in a reformed Southwest Conference with Texas Tech and all the other Texas schools. OU and Texas obviously can go take their ball and go somewhere else. But we're, we're going to get the old Southwest Conference back together and except arkansas Actually, you know what? right forget that forget that we're gonna bring arkansas back and we're gonna bring texas back we're gonna kill this sec thing and we're gonna just bring the old southwest conference back and then we're gonna turn it to what i call the super southwest conference and we're gonna add ou we're gonna add oklahoma state and then we're gonna add nebraska and that's gonna be that's gonna be our 12 team super southwest conference so that's that's my thing so no but in all seriousness if you're trying to find a t- home for TCU and Baylor. I would assume the next best home is probably wherever Texas Tech is because you would want to keep them uh, right. with with them. Uh, it, it, ideally and, and that was a message that
2: was repeated over and over in the hearing yesterday, Sam, right? That, yep. they, that these three, no matter what's going down, it seems like these three are determined to collaborate and stick together.
3: Yeah, I think keeping those three together would help. So wherever, if Texas Tech ends up in the pac 12 Uh, then hopefully you would hope that TCU and Baylor are able to go with them. And the Kansas State, I mean, and and this is me just being a fan of rivalries, I would probably prefer they stay with Kansas. And so wherever Kansas goes, I would think it would be great to keep Kansas uh, State with them. So uh, that that would be the way I would do it.
0: Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a...
2: Hmm. Yeah. I think, I think you keep the Texas schools together. Um, you know, we've gotten, we've gotten some backlash. You guys haven't, but, but Andy Staples and I have gotten a little bit of backlash from the, the K state folks who think that we are not giving them enough, enough love during all this. And, and I apologize if that's been the case. That, that certainly is not, uh, not my intent. Um, I, you know, in an ideal world, I think, you're the next home for K state. If everyone's splitting up would, would be to get into the big 10. So can you find a way to do that? Can you get Nebraska on your side to say, Hey, we'd love to have someone two hours away from us. that's in this conference. You know, um, that would be, uh, that would, can. and, and I, I don't know, is that, so if, if these others found homes, then did Kansas and Iowa state get into the, the big 10, I guess. I, I don't know, but, um, I, I would agree on keeping them together and you know, I think it's not like the big 10 is only, you know, large college towns. Like there are smaller, smaller markets in that, that conference like Purdue. So I, 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 don't think K-State would be that, you know, strange, you know, that out of a fit. I don't think in the big 10. So why don't we, why don't we send the K-State to the big 10? I think they would, uh, I think they would be a, a, a totally fine, uh, you know, uh, Competitive member in that league that uh, also would not try to tear the, the conference apart the way Texas and Oklahoma did.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think that seems like the, maybe maybe the ideal place for Kansas State. I really hope that Kansas State does end up being okay. That's a cool town. I really like Manhattan. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I've always, I think it's a great atmosphere for game day. It's one of my favorite atmospheres in the big 12, honestly. Um, so I, I mean, I would hate it if they end up sort of in the wilderness, the way that TCU and, you know, TCU was 30 years ago or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. it's interesting though, that, you know, Kansas state and ba- Baylor w- when I was growing up and when, you know, when we were all younger, Baylor was, was just automatically going to be six in the big 12 South every year. I mean, they've really done a lot. For their with their athletic programs, I think to to um to make themselves more attractive, and th- they're the defending men's basketball national champions. So, I mean, they they do have stuff to offer. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sort of with you. I think Baylor, TCU, and Tech really need to stick together, and maybe even Oklahoma State. It'd be good if they could be part of that too. Um, I would agree with
3: that. I think those four staying together would be
1: good. And
2: that that'll also be the curious thing is is after this meeting. Does the Pac-12 just say eh, we'll just take these four and not not link up with all eight of you? Maybe maybe that's a preferred route for them. I, I don't know. I'm very int- you know that as I've said, the new Pac-12 commissioner George Kleefkoff, is is kind of a wild card in all this. So maybe that is something that gets a little bit more talked about here going forward. Or or do they you know do they get serious with the Big Twelve or the Big Ten or you know we'll see.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, um, great question, Patrick. Thank you for that. Um, next, we'll go to. Joseph who asks if the AAC wants big 12 leftovers, why not do a relegation format? I love this question. Um, (laughs) Call it the American premier league where top eight teams play each other every year. More money for the top teams would dramatically help the top teams improve strength of schedule. Would this make the AAC appealing to big 12 teams?
3: No, because they're already getting relegated now with OU and Texas leaving. So they're not going to sign up for the possibility of it happening again. Now that said, I am a big proponent of doing this to the entirety of college football. Uh, I, I would be much better if we had a bunch of eight or ten team leagues and then pair them up. Like I said, you could pair up the SEC and the Sun Belt. You could pair up the Big 12 and the American. You could pair up the Pac-12 and the Mountain West. And the top teams are in the, in the power conference, and then the bottom two go, get relegated, and the top two in the, in the lower corresponding league get promoted. And I love that idea. In college football as a whole, but yeah, would this make sense in a only the American Athletic Conference? No, I don't think it would. What if we could do
2: this in a way where you say, okay, the Big Twelve and the AAC are coming together. However, and just just I'm just playing out this this format. So you say, okay, we're going to have two leagues, and we're going to go by you know most successful football programs over the last decade okay and so UCF you're up you know Kansas you're down you kind of do those swaps and, and so that the best eight or best ten or whatever you want to go with um, are playing at that that big 12 level and getting that that payout and then you know you've got the rest in the AAC and the, the champ of the AAC you know gets to come I, I mean I think that'd be that'd be Pretty awesome, wouldn't it? I mean, I you can see now financially that would be oh way too stressful for every institution, <laughs> I'd imagine. And I don't follow I don't follow uh, you know, European soccer uh at all, basically. So I don't know the ins and outs of this, but um a little hard to sort of like you know, bet on yourself so much in that way with relegation in, in college athletics, but man, that would be that would be at least on the football side, that would be pretty cool to see, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I think it'd be fun. I Real mean, stakes. I mean, wh- why not? Like, why not get creative? Uh, the SEC got creative. Uh, the Big Ten's gotten creative in recent years. Like, screw it. Like, let's just have some chaos and some fun. Um, and if, if that's what it takes to sort of save these schools, then, then why not give it a shot? I, I think it's an interesting idea, but um, I don't know if it's totally feasible. Um, Jason, do you want to go to Jeremy's question next? Uh, Jeremy's question. <laughs> Oh, uh, Sam was really excited to answer this question, I think. We,
2: we can do this one quick. Yeah, let's get
3: to this
1: one. So Jeremy L. wants to know uh, if there's any chance that San Diego State would get a would get a look in the Big 12. Now, I love this question because it's, it's sort of out there and a little bit different. I haven't heard anybody really talk about San Diego State. I don't think that's going to happen. But also, why not? Like, we're talking about a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, geography doesn't matter anymore. Like no. I, I certainly wish that we still lived in a world where geography mattered. It kind of made it college football. What it was. You had the Southwest conference, the big eight, the sec pack 12, everybody was sort of in their little regions. That's all out the window. So why shouldn't the big 12 look at a team in California? I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I don't think it makes a lot of sense, obviously. I mean, for a lot of reasons, but, um, but it's fun you know to talk what, though? about
2: and back in, Bullsby said on Monday that, uh, you know, when they looked at expansion last time, he said they looked at 18 different schools. Now, I think at the time, you know, it sort of came out, there was like, I think maybe 13 of them got, got in-person interviews. 11, by, 11. Or 11, excuse yep. me. Yep. Um, but, <laughs> like, I think they'd be on the list to be at least be considered. And here here's my solution here. So if the Big 12 can stick together, then – Every four years or whenever when you've got West Virginia versus San Diego State, you either, you know, you could go home and home because I think that would be probably fun for both sides to see a different part of the country or just meet in the middle, you know, and, and just play at Arrowhead or something like that, right? Just make it a little bit easier for both of them on the travel side. Meet me in Tamikula. Meet me in yeah, That's right. <laughs> meet, find, a, find a stadium in the midpoint between those two places and, uh, you know, just just call it good.
3: Yeah. Um, no, if the Big Twelve is if the Big Twelve is going to expand, San Diego State is definitely a program I think you consider based on that they have a pretty solid track record of success over the last decade. I mean, they're they a team that's perennially won in the you know eight, nine, ten games, uh, and and it's a great locale. I mean, if I can sign up for a road trip to San Diego, hey, I'm I'm down for that. So. I'm
2: happy to fly out there and explore what their candidacy <laughs> should be for the Big Twelve. We could we could do that that project for sure. Um, well, and, I th- and, and 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 Jeremy mentions like they're looking to become a you know R one institution in the next five years, and they want to expand to fifty thousand students in the next decade. Like that is actually part of this thing is sort of projecting out. Okay, where are you going to be in twenty five and beyond uh, when it, when it's time for the Big Twelve to make these decisions? So right, but if they why, did that, you know, I why would, not
3: consider them? I would think I would think you'd also would want to consider. Someone else in that region, whether it's Boise State, BYU, Colorado State, yeah. somebody yeah. else on the West Coast that essentially serves as a travel partner, and those are also programs that I think would be under consideration if the if the uh, Big Twelve decides to expand.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, great
3: question.
2: It's, it's possible yeah. that the the future Big Twelve has just got a couple random Mountain West and a couple random AAC teams in it, right? Like that. We can't say that 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 can't possibly be the case. Mm-hmm. You
1: know. Yeah. Uh, well, great question, Jeremy. Thank you for that. And uh, we'll end on Joey R's question, which uh, which I love. Is there a Big Twelve podcast at this time next year? And if so, which teams will you be discussing? Max, you want to take a shot at this one? Ooh,
2: it's a real it's a real existential question to 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 reckon with on this Tuesday afternoon. Um, I think. Now I think what he's asking is is it possible this thing is just completely folded up at this time next year right? I mean, do we want to just address it literally in that sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean I definitely I think that's part of the question.
2: I think there still will be a big 12 next year. Okay I think okay, as of today, not not to say we're calling our shots, but as of today, do you guys think Texas and Oklahoma are in the big 12 on August 3rd
3: 2020? i i'm gonna say it's 2023 that's okay. my that's my bet i'm gonna bet that it's 2023 lined up with an expansion of the college football playoff assuming that still happens which is now in jeopardy jason which is now in jeopardy some extent.
1: all right i'm i'm gonna uh, I'm, I'm actually gonna say that i think maybe the I, i'm I, screw it i'm gonna predict it i don't think the big 12 will exist next year i think it's i think everybody will wow. find I, I think we're gonna I don't see any point in dragging this out from anybody's perspective. I think that uh, the other schools need to move on and think about their future. I don't think it behooves anybody to, to wait even two years, much less four years, to, to, to figure out where, where we're going next. So I, I could be completely wrong. That's not based on anything other than just a guess. But I think I, yeah. I, I'll say next year the OU and Texas are in the SEC and, and everybody else has moved on.
2: I, so no one, no one's paying Grantor rights because the whole thing.
1: Exploded. Yes, because that's what it's going to take. It sounds like they're going to hold OU and Texas feet to the fire when it comes to that grant of rights, unless the Big Twelve dissolves. And and I just, yeah. So,
3: see, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think, I don't think, I don't think the league's going to dissolve because I don't know where the other schools are going to go. Yes. Uh, a, a barring barring some kind of alliance with the Pac-12, and even if they reach that, I can't imagine that starts next year. That probably starts a few years out out. I don't think there's a home for all these other schools, and not for all of them. Uh, you know, maybe West Virginia gets in the ACC, but again, when did that happen? The other, the other thing is, is if these schools scatter, they are on the same, they are on the hook for the same grant of rights penalty that Texas and Oklahoma are at eighty million. The, the same they, two-year distribution. They, yep. those yep. schools are in a much worse position to afford that fee. So, if even if they do scatter and they do leave the league. I think it's more 2025, like they're trying to hold Texas and Oklahoma to. So that's why that's why I think next year there still will be a league. And three or four years, who knows? But it, but next year I think there still will be. We
2: gotta we gotta respect the pettiness, right? And and remember that in the long long run here, while everyone in the Big 12 needs to secure their future, I don't think you talk to anybody. You've <laughs> been talking to folks too, Sam and, and Jason. You're not hearing anyone saying, "Man, I wish we could find a way." So that we can go somewhere and not collect any of this Oklahoma and Texas money. <laughs> okay, they they want theirs, and so that's, fair. that's a good. I'm not point. saying that overrides all other other needs. I'm not saying that at all. But um, so I of think money. that's one uh, that right that um, you know extracting that kind of money from those two. I think is is a reason why people are motivated to stay till next year.
3: I It's twenty million per school if you're just, if you're distributing those two exit fees to every school.
2: Unless you settle for something that's uh, you know a lot less than that, but yes, you're right. That's that's a big. It makes a huge difference right now when you talk about uh, budgets and and just how scary the financial you know footing is here. Um, you know for the for the next few years.
1: Well, uh, a lot of great questions, but I appreciate yeah. the
2: hot take, Jason. Like I'm appreciate, i I'm just throwing you, uh, it out there.
1: I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be the guy that throws that out there and then looks like a complete fool at this time next year. So that's fine. That's good. I'm, it's, you know what? <laughs> that's it's all fine. right. Um, <laughs> Well, all right. Well, uh, well thank you to everyone who asked questions. I apologize if we didn't get to yours. Um, we didn't have, uh, as much, you know, we don't, we don't have time to answer every single one of them, but we do really appreciate everybody who took the time to ask one and thanks Max. Thanks Sam uh, for hopping on that again. uh, I want to again, reiterate, this will be the last episode that appears in this feed and the one true pod feed next week, next Thursday, we will be moving to the Andy Staples show and friends feed. So please go subscribe to that. If you didn't pause the pod earlier and do it when I told you to please do it after we're done here. Uh, We we really would appreciate that. We're not going anywhere. We're really excited uh, to keep bringing you guys this content. Um, So, OK, and, My- and hopefully people will take a little more interest in in the Big 12
2: this fall. I think there's there's uh, <laughs> that's, part, that's part of this, right, is there's going to be, I think, a little more national interest in what's going on in this uh, this crazy conference of ours.
1: Can, can we just for a moment pause and consider what it's going to be like if as we ex- I think most of us expect if Oklahoma wins the Big 12 or if Texas somehow wins the Big 12 this fall, that trophy presentation wow. is going to be just chef's kiss.
3: Wow. I hadn't thought I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, but that's going to be yeah. wild. Yeah, that's going to be wild times. And and I'm there's going to be I'm going to be interested to see how the officiating goes. Max, you as a someone yeah. in Nebraska yeah. has some experience and knowledge of that. Uh, it, it is going to be a compelling season in the Big Twelve with all of this being the lens through which we view it.
1: No doubt about it. Buckle up. <laughs> Again, thank you all so much for listening and for asking questions, and we're looking forward to talking to all of you next week in the Andy Staple Show and Friends Feed.